The Sixth Mansion, Chapter 2 of The Interior Castle or the Mansions by St. Teresa of Avila. This is a Discerning Hearts recording, read by Chris McGregor. The Interior Castle or the Mansions by St. Teresa of Avila, translated by the Benedictines of Stanbrook. It seems as if we had deserted the little dove for a long time, but this is not the case, for these past trials cause her to take a far higher flight. I will now describe the way in which the spouse treats her before uniting her entirely to himself. He increases her longing for him by devices so delicate that the soul itself cannot discern them, nor do I think I could explain them except to people who have personally experienced them. These desires are delicate and subtle impulses, springing from the inmost depths of the soul. I know of nothing to which they can be compared. These graces differ entirely from anything we ourselves can gain, and even from the spiritual consolation before described. In the present case, even when the mind is not recollected or even thinking of God, although no sound is heard, his majesty arouses it suddenly as if by a swiftly flashing comet or by a clap of thunder. Yet the soul thus called by God hears him well enough, so well, indeed, that sometimes, especially at first, it trembles and even cries out, although it feels no pain. It is conscious of having received a delicious wound, but cannot discover how nor who gave it, but yet recognizes it is as a most precious grace and hopes the hurt will never heal. The soul makes amorous complaints to its bridegroom, even uttering them aloud, nor can it control itself, knowing that though he is present, he will not manifest himself so that it may enjoy him. This causes a pain, keen, although sweet and delicious, from which the soul could not escape, even if it wished. But this it never desires. This favor is more delightful than the pleasing absorption of the faculties in prayer of quiet, which is unaccompanied by suffering. I am at my wit's end, sisters, as to how to make you understand this operation of love. I know not how to do so. It seems contradictory to say that the beloved clearly shows he dwells in the soul and calls by so unmistakable a sign and a summons so penetrating that the spirit cannot choose but hear it while he appears to reside in the seventh mansion. He speaks in this manner, which is not a set form of speech, and the inhabitants of the other mansions, the senses, the imagination, and the faculties, dare not stir. Oh, almighty God, how profound are thy secrets, and how different are spiritual matters from anything that can be seen or heard in this world. I can find nothing to which to liken these graces insignificant as they are compared with many others thou dost bestow on souls. This favor acts so strongly upon the spirit that it is consumed by desires, yet knows not what to ask for, for it realizes clearly that its God is with it. You may inquire, if it realizes this so clearly, what more does it desire, and why is it pained? What greater good can it seek? I cannot tell. I know that this suffering seems to pierce the very heart, and when he who wounded it draws out the dart, he seems to draw the heart out too. 
so deep is the love it feels. I have been thinking that God might be likened to a burning furnace, from which a small spark flies into the soul that feels the heat of this great fire, which, however, is insufficient to consume it. The sensation is so delightful that the spirit lingers in the pain produced by its contact. This seems to me the best comparison I could find, for the pain is delicious and is not really pain at all, nor does it always continue in the same degree. Sometimes it lasts for a long time. On other occasions, it passes quickly. This is as God chooses, for no human means can obtain it, and though felt at times for a long while, it is intermittent. In fact, it is never permanent and therefore does not wholly inflame the spirit. But when the soul is ready to take fire, the little spark suddenly 